Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of this podcast called The Dictionary, the only podcast that I'm aware of where somebody is reading the entire dictionary over many, many years. I hope you are enjoying it. Thank you for coming. I said that already. Okay, let's talk about some word. Word is words. The first word is bargain, B-A-R-G-A-I-N. It is the second form. It is a verb from the 14th century. Intransitive definitions are first. One, to negotiate over the terms of a purchase, agreement, or contract. Synonym is haggle. Number two, to come to terms. Synonym is agree. Now the transitive definitions. One, to bring to a desired level by bargaining. As in, bargain a price down. We all want a good deal. Number two, to sell or dispose of by bargaining. Uh, Bargainer is a noun and bargain for means uh, the synonym is expect, E-X-P-E-C-T, as in more work than I bargain for. I'm going to turn up my headphone volumes. There we go. Uh, let's see, this is uh, from Anglo-French bargainer, probably f- uh, of Germanic origin, akin to the Old English bourgeon, which means to borrow, and there's more at the word bury, like I bury something in the yard. Uh, all right, next we have bargain basement. Uh, there is a hyphen. It is an adjective from 1948, one of inferior quality or worth. Number two. Markedly inexpensive, as in bargain basement rates. Bargain basement is... Oh, well, that's uh, that's the next one. Uh, this one has no hyphen, so it's two separate words. It's a noun from 1899. A section of a store, as the basement, where merchandise is sold at reduced prices. So if you want a deal, go find the basement. But there's no basement at the Alamo. Next we have barge. B-A-R-G-E. It is the first form. It's a noun from the 14th century. Any of various boats as 1A. No, there's no numbers, just A. A roomy, usually flat bottom boat used chiefly for the transport of goods on inland waterways and usually propelled by towing. And B, a large motorboat supplied to the large fl- flag officer of a flagship. And I thought that was it, but now we have C. A roomy pleasure boat, especially a boat of state elegantly furnished and decorated. Um, yep, now we have the second form of barge. It is a varb of a varb. No, it's a barge, it's a verb. It's not a burge, that's a varb. Uh, it's a verb from 1649. Transitive definition says to carry by barge. And we have two intransitive definitions. Number one, to move ponderously or clumsily. That's what I would do at barge about. Uh, Number two, to thrust oneself heedlessly or unceremoniously, as in barged into the meeting. Now we have barge board. It's one word, noun from 1827, an often ornamented board that conceals roof timbers projecting over gables. And we have a picture of a barge board a little black and white drawing that is uh it's very ornate uh so it's the the gable that which is like the short small little roof that sticks out of the roof so it's pointed and then there's a lot of uh ornamental curved things added to it and that's a barge board now we have bargee b a r g e e 
It's a noun from 1666. It is British with the synonym bargeman, which we will be getting to shortly. Just have some patience. Now we have bargello. It's the word barge with L-L-O at the end. Like uh, you can make some bargello in your fridge. I don't know. I'm not quick enough. Uh, this is a noun from circa 1924. A needlework stitch that produces a zigzag pattern. So this is from Bargello, a museum in Florence, Italy. From the use of this stitch in the upholstery of 17th century chairs at the Bargello. Um, but it's weird that they named it after the museum that the upholstery is in, or the chairs are in. Uh, wouldn't you want to name it after maybe the person who did the stitches or where the stitches were made? Maybe that was in Florence. I don't know. I'm just trying to think too much about this. Now here's bargeman, your favorite word. It is a noun from the 14th century. The master or a deckhand of a barge. Next is bargraph. It is two words. A noun from 1924. The graphic means of quantitative comparison by rectangles and lengths proportional to the measure of the data or things being compared, called also bar chart. Anybody who loves data loves bar graphs. You want to see how it all looks together. It's so much fun. Now we have bar hop, one word. It's an intransitive verb from the uh, the year 1947. The year was 1947. The word bar hop was just coined, and people were all a rage. Uh, to visit and drink at a series of bars in the course of an evening. 1947 was a very different world than it is now, and uh, I'm really curious to know the situation of how this word got started. And, uh, you know, so, you know, the, the people in 1947 probably would have been born around 1925, 1930 maybe even. They, they talk differently. They, they had a different, I don't know, it was just different. And they, they came up with bar hop. I guess now we've got bar crawl. You could, do, you could do either one. Next we have bariatric. It is an adjective from 1977 relating to or specializing in the treatment of obesity. Now we have barista, a word that uh, everybody knows these days. It is a noun from 1982 a person who makes and serves coffee as espresso to the public. I've probably said this before, but I'll say it again. Espresso has no X in it. It is not espresso. It is espresso. Uh, So this is an Italian word. A person working behind a bar. From the word bar, which means bar. Uh, From the English word plus ista, that's not really helping me. But it has to do with a person behind a bar. So would that mean that um, a bartender in Italy would also be called a barista? Probably not, unless they just made coffee. So interesting. I actually was a barista for a little bit of time uh, at two places, now that I think about it. Uh, Yeah, I, I made the coffee drinks, and I didn't love it. But it was a good learning experience, and I suggest that everybody um, get into, uh, what am I trying to say? Everybody have some experience in serving, uh, waiter, waitressing, bartending, uh, barista, um, all that stuff. You need to learn it a little bit. Now we have berit. I think that's how it's pronounced. B-A-R-I-T-E. 
It is a noun from 1837, barium sulfate occurring as a mineral. Uh, this is Greek berites, which means weight, like my weight is about 150 pounds. And that is from the word baris, B-A-R-Y-S. Next and last word for this episode is baritone, B-A-R-I-T-O-N-E. Uh, you could also replace the I with a Y. I didn't know that. This is the first form, by the way. The second form will be in the next episode. I could probably read it in this one, but I'm not gonna, just because i that's what I'm doing. This is a noun from 1609. One, a male singing voice of medium compass between bass and tenor. Also, a person having this voice. What what voice do I have? Am I a tenor? Am I a baritone? I don't think I'm an alto, and I don't think I'm a bass. But I can sing a little bit low, and I can sing a little bit high. No, we're not going to do that. Number two, a member uh, of a family of instruments having a range between tenor and bass. Usually it's, the range is usually much wider than tenor and bass. But uh, they have to have at least tenor and bass, so there is a baritone. Um, and then it says, especially the baritone, baritone sax horn or baritone saxophone. Baritonal is an adjective. This is from French, bariton, uh, or Italian, baritono, which is from the Greek baritonos, which means deep sounding. Well, so what does the word, the Greek word for bass mean in Greek, in Greece? Deep sounding, deeper sounding? Um, anyway, from baris, which means heavy, plus tonos, which means tone. And there's more at the word grieve. Again, how did grieve get into this uh, formula? Uh, let's see. I need to pick a word of the episode, and I'm going to pick baritone as the word of the episode because for many years I played the baritone saxophone, and it was lots of fun. I wasn't amazing, but I think I was pretty decent, um, and uh, yeah, I had a fun time. I played the bass saxophone for a little bit as well. I still actually really want to get back into playing the saxophone, specifically a bass if I could get one, but that's a lot of money. Um, it's just a lot of fun, and I'm not a good player by any means. I can't really improvise. I can read something that's written, but they're just fun, low instruments. Uh, yeah, that's what I got to say. So you may have noticed this episode was a little bit on the fast side because right after I'm recording this episode, I'm not even recording more episodes. I'm just doing one this time, and I have a massage scheduled. I'm getting my first massage in many years. I don't know how many years. I've been meaning to get a massage, monthly massages, for at least the last couple of years, uh, and I think my body is going to be a puddle of goo by the time uh, this massage is done because I'm just tight all over and it's terrible. And uh, take care of your bodies, people. Stretch and get massages and stuff like that. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the podcast called The Dictionary. And until next time, this is Spencer reading The Dictionary. Goodbye.